The Feel Better Station for Warrington Hospital. This is Radio General. Now, the final hooter with Adrian Jackson and David Parkinson. Well, you know, we had the half-time report, didn't we, on, on the final hooter podcast for loverubbily.com. Thank you very much to Radio General for letting us use the studio once again. Uh, we were going to do it straight after the embarrassment of losing to Papua New Guinea on the final game of the Great Britain Tour, but we decided to have an extra week away and reflect properly about it. Yeah, I think my uh, my emotions were a little bit raw and I couldn't have no, been responsible were. for my, everything I, that I'd I might have said. I'd been swearing and everything. I know, and we're just not like that. I'd have trashed the equipment. They got kicked out. We would. We'd, we'd be never be back. banned forever. <laughs> So we've decided to take an extra week away and then come out with a more positive, reflective mood about it. And, and in the meantime, because it is the final Hooter of 2020, uh, sorry, I'm looking I'm too far ahead, 2019, before we go away on our jollies and get ready for the new season. Hang on, you might be going away in your jollies. I'm going into pre-season next week. You're still working on the amateur game as well. I know, I know. It's been good that, by the way. Yeah, it's not it? Really enjoyed it. All about the Great Britain tour. You had the half-time report. It's all about the full-time report. I'll tell you one thing, Parky. Uh, I know we got excited when it was announced that Great Britain, Great Britain were back on the agenda. Uh, but... Uh, having seen what's happened over the month, over the... I think the concept, it's finished in rugby league for me. It's, um, it's hard to come back with something positive, until, isn't it? Until um, Scotland, Wales and Ireland can produce more players to challenge the England boys to be part of the Great Britain idea and concept, there's no point having it. Uh, those countries, actually, by the way, they need their own domestic leagues. They I know do. some of them do. Yeah. I know some of them do, and they're, they're producing amateur players. And uh, don't get me wrong, I've seen a number of these amateur players over the last few weeks, and there is some, there is a bit of talent there. There is mm. a bit of talent, and it's about them getting picked up. But I would love to see teams in Dublin and and in Glasgow, maybe or Edinburgh, far more. And call me a flat capper. You have my permission to call me a flat capper, but far more than seeing teams from Ottawa, Toronto, um, New York uh, coming into our league. I think just think that we have a duty really to try and push and improve our rugby league that's being played. And as long as we're chasing Australians and we're chasing New Zealanders, we're never going to catch up because they're always going to be that far in front of us. I still believe, you know, that we are going off coaching manuals that were done back in 2001 by David Wade. You're blaming David Wade? I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming the fact that we haven't moved on in nearly 20 years, which is a a damn disgrace if you look at the amount of money that's been pumped into rugby league in that time. Maybe so, but at the end of the day, though, we we brought Great Britain back from the rugby league history book. But other than Lackland-Coote, there was nobody else from any any of the other nations. Uh, I know everyone over the age of 30 will dream back to the glory days when we had the Welch connections and then the large rugby union player... Pool of players representing mm-hmm. Great uh, Wales for Great Britain. We had Alan Tate. Well, most of them went to Witness and Warrington, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, we had, start, we had Alan Tate who was flying the flag for Scotland, and you know, um, Brian Carney uh, flying it for Ireland and stuff. But in this particular squad for 2019, it was just other than Lackland Coot, it was just England. Yeah, yeah. It was just England, and it got to it got to the point where. I mean, you had you had a situation there, even in the first test. Like, they were saying, and it's England, and it's like, oh no, it's not. It's Great Britain. 
Uh, was that Brian Noble yeah. who kept saying that? Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose it was an easy mistake to make, really, wasn't it, when you look at the actual squad that was picked? But mm. to, to be fair, to be fair, a lot of those were our best players, and I just don't think we saw the best of them. And I, I don't think it comes all the way down to um, having Wayne Bennett as coach either. No, not at all. I, I thought that was the wrong move, by the way. I think if you're going to have a, a guy who's a Great Britain coach, he's got to have no connection to the other four nations. I would agree with you. Rugby. I would he agree be with neutral. you. So for me, Daryl Powell should have been the man. Seeing, seeing as he got it by default though I don't think you can you can chuck all the blame at Not him at all. Um, because I mean he came up with game plans fair enough but he obviously saw that we're a little bit deficient in certain areas I mean um, I've already said in, in private conversations, we, we have halfbacks that just can't seem to create anything um, you look at the season that Jackson Hastings has had and Wigan must be wondering what type of player they're going to get? Are they going to get the international one that didn't do anything? Was he, to, get... was he told to play that way? Was he told to take a, a, a more um, background role and let and let Widdup be the man? Uh, and but we know from seeing that Widdup can't be the man. He's going to have to play second fiddle at Warrington if they're going to hope to achieve anything next year. And you know, so I, I'm I'm really disappointed with how it kind of worked out and how we, we resorted to such basic rugby. We're, we weren't even backing up players in possession. We've got big charging forwards that can actually offload. Right. Um, Chris Hill looked a shadow of himself. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and kind of like you, you, you got to question why he went on tour when you've got the likes of Liam Watts sitting at home watching it all unfold with his Weetabix on his knee. Um, and I don't know, I think in certain aspects they did get it wrong. But I, I, if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have been absolutely fuming. I would have been one of these that would have been saying, go Wayne Bennett and don't let that door hit you on the way out. But I don't think you can chuck it at him. I think that you've got, to... got to take some responsibility. Oh, he's got to take I, some I, I, responsibility. I, I, no, I'm not about the players, not Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett sets the, the training policy and yeah. he sets the game plan out. But I think I think a lot of the players who went on that tour who played, um, they need to be honest with themselves. When they look in the mirror, they've got to think to themselves, did I do my best? I think they were did shocked. Did I actually do my best? I think they were shocked by the ferocity, you know, because, I mean, Tonga played passion, passion, passion they against like them. In, they look like scared rabbits in the startled headlights, didn't they, at times? Uh, New Zealand have played so many times against England sides over the last sort of two or three years. They had a point to prove, you know. Mm. They've been pretty poor, haven't they? They've sort of fallen a little bit down the rankings. But all yeah. of a sudden, they've beaten Great Britain. They've gone right back to the top of Rugby League again, if you look at that. Um, the one that surprised me Papua though. New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. How good were they? I mean, I know it's easy for us to maybe point and, and just say how, how poor Great Britain were in certain points, but wasn't it nice to see halfbacks taking on the line, putting little oh, chips in? Oh, they weren't in. scared, were they? They were, they were coming up with unconventional plays. We saw a couple of lads there that have been doing it in the Championship all season. Have great games. There was uh, Stargrove Amin on the wing. Yeah. Uh, um, the lad from Barrow. Yeah, and, and his, his teammate, Perova Jr., at uh, Hooker, who was brilliant, by the way. You know, and uh, then there's, uh, who I call him, Box Office Boas. I, I, th- I think what it was with Papua New Guinea, because uh, we play Super League-style rugby, they, you, the guys that were playing for Great Britain play week in, week out in Super League. Other than the guys in the NRL playing in Super League, week in, week out, they're used to uh, structured play, aren't they? They, they know where the players are going to come from in terms of tackling and whatever. Papua New Guinea were flying out the line from all over the place and we just didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was a, a great comment, actually. I think it was a half-time of the BBC coverage from John Wilkin saying that, actually, they're defending quite poorly with Papua New Guinea. But for me, 
I disagree with that a little bit because yeah. although you're right, they were flying up and they were coming in from all angles. They were getting the job done, weren't they? And, they were, and I think you, there's a were. lot. There's a lot to be said for the passion which they played in. For some reason, we just can't seem to produce that same sort of passion on the international stage. Keeping you up to date with everything rugby league. This is the final hooter on Radio General. Dear, oh dear, yeah, we're talking about the Great Britain tour uh, to New Zealand and Papua New Guinea. Uh, it wasn't as planned, it didn't go to plan as we hoped it would have. And uh, I'm hoping uh, when they sit back and reflect on it, Parky, uh, they'll come back with uh, a, th- a brighter future for the Great Britain concept, the concept. But I'm just alarmed by the fact we've announced an Ashes series against England. Yeah, it's a little bit of an odd one, isn't it? We've, yeah. we've spent all this time sort of, if you like, going back and uh, building into Great Britain again, and then all of a sudden. We're back to England again, aren't we? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the future holds for Great Britain. Uh, I, I, I don't think it'll make a return. I think I think the tour has put the nail in the coffin for it for rugby league in terms of Great Britain. You think it's buried the Great Britain uh, yeah. brand? Yeah, I don't think it's had the oomph we thought it would have. Mm. It is disappointing. It's raised more questions and doubts than what it answered, hasn't it? <laughs> it certainly has. But then... Doesn't rugby league always do that? Yeah. You know, this is why we love it in a way, isn't it? I mean, it? we mentioned the fact that England are playing Australia in the Ashes. When's the last time we played in the Ashes? When's the last time they rolled the Ashes out? Uh, you know what? I'm thinking it must have been early 2000s. 2002, wasn't it? I remember going to tests in 2001. I've got a feeling that they did play for it up until 2003. And then they introduced the Tri-Series, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Four nations and all that stuff. Three nations. Which again, when we got down to three nations, we usually finished third in that, didn't we? Yeah. Um, So yes, it's been a a disappointing time on the international scene. Um, And I think that clubs clubs are a bit responsible for it themselves because obviously we're we're producing players that can't think and can't play against unstructured opposition. Well, okay, that comes down to the coaching, doesn't it? Certainly does, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, All in all, a little bit of an eye-opener, I suppose. I mean, don't get me wrong, internationally, the game's healthy. I mean, you've got Wales, you've got Scotland, Ireland, England, when you play a game. Um, got any emerging nations as well. <laughs> when like, they play a game. Well, like, yeah, so we you end that We haven't played one. a game for ages, have we? When's the last time? They played a test series against New Zealand in 2017, yeah, 18. We had the England Knights, though. The England Knights made a comeback. And yeah. they, they didn't play for a couple of years before that, mm. did they? I mean, it's great to see other, other nations playing. You know, we've got an international team from Greece. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the internationalist in me uh, has really appreciated the autumn because we've seen Greece qualify for a World Cup, the very first one. We've seen Scotland qualify for a World Cup. That was a a pool that I was keeping a a close watch on. Looks like Jamaica are progressing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also think as well that you look at it and, okay, Serbia stepped up um, to, to... uh, plug the gap really as far as Russia were concerned because they had to pull out um, and they although they got beaten really heavily in both of their games they, they did compete and there is something to work with uh, and interesting as well that former uh, former Widnes coach in uh, Mr Wilkinson he's over there now Mr Wilkinson do you remember him Phil Wilkinson no he's the, he's the journalist <laughs> <laughs> don't remember him Stuart then. Wilkinson Stuart Wilkinson I was joking <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's move away from the International Rugby League. It's the final, final hootie. So let's talk domestically, shall we? We're finally done. Uh, the guys, believe it or not, are all back in pre-season training. Uh, they are. A lot of the Super League boys <laughs> are, yeah. A lot of the Championship players are as well. Uh, welcome back to the fall, guys, uh, as you get ready uh, for a lift-off at uh, the back end of January and first week in February for, for the Championship. 
Uh, not much time away for the guys, is it? Got to be honest, even looking from a, a, an amateur point of view as well, have you seen when they're playing the first games of the season? No. The first round of the Challenge Cup, 11th of January. Wow. So there's not a lot of time off, is there, really? So the road to Wembley starts on June, the, uh, June January the 11th. January the 11th. And I hope you're going to be, uh, you know, choosing somewhere to go. I mean, I noticed that West Bank West are in there. are back in there, aren't they? They are. They've gone, yeah. they've gone and flying got themselves the, on. Flying the flag for witness. Uh, there's a team from Bentley in there as well flying the flag for the Yorkshire Men's League I'm intrigued to go there for the actual first round draw just to have, have a nosy around the clubhouse yeah see whether it's been affected by the flooding over there because they have been sadly affected haven't they in South Yorkshire mm. um, but you know it's great when we get different names entering competitions I mean don't don't get me wrong you know uh, the usual suspects are there teams like Lee Miners Rangers and Siddle uh, but it is always nice to see some some different teams. Longhorns from Ireland are coming into that round as well. So yeah. we, we have a bit of that. We've got two clubs from Wales entering the competition as well. Cool. So good to see uh, the Chance Cup is still an inclusive tournament. I know one or two pundits would like to see the amateurs thrown away into the bin regarding the Chance Cup. It's, it's nice to have them clubs involved and, and maybe earn the right to have a big day out against a, a professional team. Or yeah. a semi-pro team, even. Well, I mean, you've, you've only got to look at what Thato Heath accomplished last season. Didn't mm. They beat North Wales Crusaders. And yeah. then, uh, to be fair, Randjus pretty close as yeah. well in the following round. So, you know, the chance is there. And especially at the top end of the amateur leagues, there's not that much difference between, uh, you know, a top-end amateur team from, say, like the National Conference League Premier Division and a team in League One. Mm, without a doubt. So, before we reflect on last season, who won what and who got relegated and then everything else? Let's bring you up to date with what happened. Okay, so these are your winners of 2019. Super League winners, St. Helens, of course, uh, had a, a real dominant season, defeated Salford in the grand final. The league leaders' winners were also St. Helens. Uh, they finished at a record 16 points clear of the field, uh, relegated from Super League, London Broncos. Championship grand final winners were Toronto. The runners-up were Featherstone. Uh, the Championship League leaders were also Toronto. Who had a, a great season. I think they only lost one game all, all league he campaign. Did. Yeah. Um, relegated. Unfortunately, Barrow Raiders, their injury woes caught up with them and they never really recovered. And Rochdale Hornets had a wretched season to see them Want to forget. Want to forget. the Championship. Yeah. League One champions were Whitehaven, so it's great to see them stepping back up to the Championship. They had a, a very good season with a, uh, a largely locally based team. Uh, League One promotion final winners were Oldham, so great to see them getting back up in what was Scott Naylor's final season in charge. Um, if you didn't catch our last couple of podcasts, Matt Diskin's actually taking has, over there now, yeah. so uh, you know that's one to. Where's Scott Naylor gone? Um, he's gone nowhere yet. Oh, okay. He's not been announced. He's still available. Anywhere. He's still yeah. available for hire. The League One promotion final runs up with Newcastle Thunder, who seem to be pushing the boat out again when it comes to recruiting for this next season. They've Indeed, already got some they? interesting names, Bob Bezik amongst the, They've the recruits. They've got to get promoted this year, haven't they? Challenge Cup winners, of course, were Warrington uh, against the odds victory. In the heat wave. Against St. Helens. Scorcher. Um, and for me, Jack Hughes played his best ever game at standoff. St. Helens wilted in the heat of Wembley, didn't they? The National Conference Grand Final Premier Division was oh, won. No, no, you've not mentioned the 1895 Cup. Oh, sorry, I was bypassing that, to be fair. Oh, dear, ignore it. <laughs> the Eagles, first ever winners of the 1895 Cup the uh, at Wembley. The 1895 Cup, yeah. They did play some tremendous stuff. I was I was doing it for your benefit, though, as a Winnie's fan. I didn't oh, think right, you'd okay. want to be reminded well, of it, to be honest. part of this podcast, we've got to... Uh, 
big up Sheffield. So, yeah, I mean, I always will do, to be honest, because uh, Mark Aston is always a, a friend is, of the show. Um, I always enjoy having a chat with Mark. So, um, Sheffield Eagles hoping to, to reap the rewards and, and really build from yeah, that win. I remember Anthony Fackery at the game of his life against Witness in that game. Not surprised, because the they cut Thacks, didn't they? Just when he looked like he yeah. was going to step into Super mm. League with them. And it was really cruel that I thought of him, to be fair. Um, so, stepping into the, the amateur ranks in the National Conference League, the Premier Division Grand Final winners were West Hull. They won it in extra time against Thato Heath Crusaders, who had a, a brilliant season. We mentioned them doing pretty well in the uh, Challenge Cup, of course. Yes. Um, the relegated from that division were Kells, Thornhill Trojans and Lee Miners Rangers. The National Conference Premier League leaders, however, were Wathbrow Hornets. And isn't it really good for us to mention a couple of Cumbrian clubs amongst our roundup? Come on, the matters. That's doing pretty well. Uh, National Conference Division 1 winners were Pilkington Rex of St. Helens. They had a brilliant season, finishing just ahead of York. Acorn That's Ross a of famous old name in Amateur Rugby League, isn't the it? Pilks. Pilkington Rex. Uh, the Division 1 playoff final winners were Featherstone Lions, so they took the third promotion spot. Relegated from that division were Dewsbury Moor Maroons, non-Normanton Knights. Um, National Conference Division 2 winners were West Bowling. Promoted were Intros Bridge and uh, playoff final winners were Wigan St. Jude's. National Conference Division 3 winners, Wollstone Rovers. They've been knocking on the door for a couple of years now, so great to see them uh, get out of that division. Also promoted from that division, Hunslet Warriors. The playoff winners were Dewsbury Celtic and relegated to Division 3, Askham, Shawcross Sharks and East Leeds who are looking for a new coach. Keeping you up to date with everything rugby league, this is the final hooter on Radio General. Oh, no, many of them Great Britain players that now are back from New Zealand can look in that bathroom mirror honestly and say, I, I gave me all for the red, white and blue of Great Britain. I think there's a few that must have smashed them because they were having that much bad luck, weren't they? No, they weren't the Lions, were they? More like pussy cats, to be honest. I like that. Yeah? I like, that. like that. This is why they pay you the big bucks, <laughs> Mr Jackson. The Great Britain pussy cats. Because rugby union, anyway, they, they've... they've um, Pass and the um, the registered the trade name the Lions. We can't even use that anymore, even though we had it before them. Have they? Yeah, that's an interesting one. That's See, why we can't use the Lions. Rugby Union are always ahead of us commercially, aren't they? For yeah, some reason, so we can't use it. We need we need to start registering things like Bath Rugby Union Club and all that type of stuff, and they can't use it. They can't use it. <laughs> See, the thing is, right? Uh, when, when we we had the Ashes before them, yeah. Um, then cricket nicked it, and, didn't and they? then cricket nicked their offers. Then we disbanded, and they, they pumped the lions into the British Lions as we know it. Because up until then, no one was bothered about the British Lions. Yeah, but really, I mean, to be really, fair, but now it's a, such a big thing in the dark side. To be fair, I mean, for the last thirty years, they've made it big, haven't they? And yeah. uh, it's been an opportunity lost. But we give field. it, we add it, and give it them on a play. And I think it comes down to the fact that we changed our season, didn't we? So it meant that the old tours kind of like fell ah, by the wayside because we, we, you'd used to get Australia coming over and playing 15 to 20 games, wouldn't you? Yeah. Against club sides, against rep sides. And, and now you just don't get that because there's not time. Everybody's packed up at the same time and they're not playing, are they? Keeping you up to date with everything rugby league. This is the final hooter on Radio General. It is the final hooter. We're very nearly out of time on this the final, 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 final hooter. hooter. We're finally do, done and dusted talking rugby league in 2019. Um, Pre-season starts in two weeks, though, Adrian. I, I still can't believe the guys are in training. It's amazing. I'm talking about our pre-season. Our pre-season. Why, where are we going? Our uh, pre-season. Warm weather training. Yeah, a bit of warm weather training. Alamant. There's that solarium near you. 
Oh, that is that where we're going? Yeah, it? we'll go there. Yeah, yeah. Tropical La de Witness. <laughs> it's on the roundabout as you go in there, yeah. near, near the smoky chemical factory. I like it. I like it. Is, is that chippy just down road as well? You, we could you, go you, there for lunch. You come out with a nice green glow around you, like the Ready Brett advert. <laughs> oh, I remember those Ready Brett adverts. Yeah, but to be you'd honest. be green, not red, <laughs> from this air of witness. <laughs> So is that where we're going for pre-season? That's where we're going. That's where we're going. I think what we could also... We're not going to run the um, Formby Hills with uh, St. Helens or anybody. Well, I suppose we could visit Formby Beach, couldn't we? Yeah. You know, but not, not the hills. All right, I mean, okay. you've done enough hill running anyway in your career in, as an amateur, so... You didn't go hill running in pre-season training back in my day, man, I tell you. <laughs> anyway, speaking of the amateurs, they're still playing. and uh, Even though we're in the state of origin... It's big in Australia, but we've done away with it with this day uh, with the Battle of the Roses. I've not done that for ages, have we? Uh, no, but no. it's still alive and kicking in, in the amateur game. Yeah, isn't it, it certainly is. And every year they play for the Barlow Three Counties Championship. Mm-hmm. So this involves Yorkshire, Lancashire, and Cumbria. Okay. Uh, usually you get some really good players pushing through as well, and some some really interesting results. Um, at open age level, it was Yorkshire's year this year. Right, uh, the White Rose too strong were they? They defeated Cumbria third. 30 points to nil up at Millham and then defeated Lancashire 36 points to 16. They had a, a bit of a late scoring spurt, really. Last 20 minutes, they kind of dominated, got away um, and really did uh, take home the uh, take home the, the, the bacon, really, there. Right. Um, Lancashire actually finished bottom of that championship this year due to them losing their first game against Cumbria 22-18. So it's worth noting that Cumbria have finished runners-up for the second year running in this uh, competition at open age level. It's also taken place at under-17s level and under-19s level as well. Now, under-17s level, Yorkshire have been a class apart. They've been really, really good. They defeated Cumbria by 52-18, then defeated Lancashire by 38-24. Right. Uh, a couple of players to maybe look out for in future years. Max Kirkbright, Right, I'm noting these down. Yeah, scored a hat-trick against Lancashire. Looks a real, real solid prospect. He's a, a bit of a centre from uh, from the Castleford area, so look out for him pushing his way through at some point. Uh, then we saw the under nineteen Championship, and that was dominated by Lancashire. So Lancashire able to prevent a, uh, a White Rose uh, route this year. Um, and I've got to say, this Lancashire under nineteen side, what a pleasure they are to watch as well. In a glue pot of a pitch... Uh, at Lee Miners in the first game, they defeated Cumbria 56 points yeah, to 12. Yeah, I watched that game on the league app. Um, yeah, mudbath. Uh, and in the second game, played over in Yorkshire at uh, the impressive Milford ground, which is uh, where Leeds Rhinos do a lot of their training. Um, played on a, a 3L4G pitch. Oh, so it wasn't a mudbath there. But definitely not a mudbath, no. but um, to be fair... I prefer the mudbath. Well, I don't. To be, to be fair, uh, so as, as someone who was commentating, as a it, commentator, no, I could see, great. I could see numbers clear. Oh, I, I was clear watching that honest. game. I'm thinking, I bet you're having a great time trying to pick them guys up. 58 points to 10 in the second game, though. So, what? Well done to to Lancashire in in running in all those points, um, and always nice to see from a, a Lancashire point of view as well. You know, from my, my own point of view, and yeah. I'll be back and be biased here. I'm going to be biased. It's lovely to see a Lancashire victory in that particular competition. But well done to Yorkshire on the other two comps as well, because they've been uh, very very good, and there's a lot to work on. Talking about there being lots to work on, we've seen the 25th anniversary of the Wales Dragon Hearts. So. We've often talked about where's the next level of Welsh players coming from. Well, the Welsh amateur lads, 
they play for the Dragon Hearts. Okay. Um, they've had a, a really interesting autumn series. They played against Malta last week, a Malta side that included Jared Samet, no wow. less. All right, okay. And defeated them 34 points to 18. Well done. Uh, the week before, they played against an England Community Lions side, an under-23 side. These are lads who have got the another chance at amateur level. Okay. And uh, they defeat, were defeated 68 points to nil. So there's some top lads playing in that community. Good to see team. some lads coming through uh, in the Welch game then, isn't there? Yeah, very much Just so. need to maybe have to make the step up to the semi-pro ranks and then next level up. They also played as well against the the Southern Lionhearts as well, which is the best of the amateur players from Southern England, strangely okay. enough, um, and defeated them by 26 points to 20. So it's been a real interesting mix campaign for the Dragonhearts. They, they struggled a little bit and lost that big game against the Community Lions, but have been very competitive and won the other two. Um, also interesting as well to note is the fact that uh, we've seen Ireland club side, which uh, again has taken a lot of the domestic players that are playing amateur rugby. Uh, they've also played against the uh, Community Lions over the course of the last few weeks. And even more interestingly at the moment, we've got the New South Wales country. I was just going to mention them, but you beat me to the punch. Under-16s and under-18s touring at the moment. You've been impressed by them. I'll tell you what, there is some lads there that could play Super League. I am not joking. Wow. At 16 years of age? Uh, Well, maybe they're pushing. They're pushing Okay. There's a halfback there, Thomas Weaver. He's better than any halfback that I have seen over here for ages. No way. He's brilliant. And how old is this young lad? Uh, 16 or 17. Mm. So it doesn't look good for us in the future then, does it? Matt, uh, are, these, are these guys uh, part of that squad? Are they likely to go on to play NRL maybe? Well, uh, of the two squads, so there's 40 players on tour at right. both under-16s and under-18s level. At right, the moment, okay. And there's 23 of them already aligned with All NRL right. clubs. So they do. So I think that um, there's a lot of work for uh, us In to the do. pyramid of like, representative teams in Australia, because obviously the one everyone's aware of is the... Is the uh, Aussie schoolboys? Yeah, that's right. Where are they in the standings? Well, for me, you get Aussie schoolboys, you get Queensland and New South Wales, right. and then New South Wales country underneath that, and probably Queensland country. And they battered our boys at their age level. Uh, they did, yeah. So to, wow. to run through these results in the under 18s, the New South Wales countryside defeated our England Community Lions. So these are the best of our under 18s players okay. at amateur level by 50 points to six. The under 16s is even more eye opening. England Community Lions East. So this is, I mentioned about Yorkshire doing so well at the under 17s ranks. 14 of these lads who played for Yorkshire and dominated that comp played for the England Community Lions East side. And uh, New South Wales Country defeated them by 62 points to nil. Wow. They, they then played against Leeds Rhinos at the weekend. So we all know what a record Leeds Rhinos have as yes. far as developing young players and getting them signed on. There's a certain Jack Sinfield playing for I them. I wonder if he's Kevin Sinfield's mm. um, son or relation. I wonder. So he's playing in the under-16s. I've seen a couple of these kids play, actually, in the school's competition over this oh, last right, sort okay. of 12, 18 months as well. And the good players, but the New South Wales country boys were too good. The under-16s winning by 32 points to 10. And the under-18s had a little bit more of a convincing victory, winning 34 points to 4 against a lead side who had five players nonetheless who played for England Academy just a few weeks ago we're never going to beat the Aussies are we so I'm sorry that's a bit of a sobering thought that <laughs> we were all getting excited Cameron Smith has gone you know Billy Slater and we think yeah it's got a chance but they just seem to reel them out don't they yeah I mean they about just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling under 18's players to keep your eyes open for Kane Ball um, they've also got a 
a guy called Tyrone Roberts. Didn't we have a Tyrone Roberts play over here at one point? Did he play for Warrington? I'm sure he did. But Pass. anyway, there's there's a Pass. younger, there's a younger, more improved version coming through the ranks, under eighteen, dominating. I don't know how this how good this guy is, but he's got a fantastic name. Tell us the name. Oh yeah, the 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 name the name of the century. I certainly best name I've ever one. heard in rugby league ever for years. This is the uh, New South Wales under 16s centre Reef Somerville. What a name! I've, I mean, I was impressed with Cherry Daly Evans, but that's amazing. I've got another great name for what you in name. the under 16s team. Sorry, in the under-18s team. Got another great name for right. you. Phoenix, Venetabua, Finity. Wow. There you go. There's a mouthful. So look out I for I hope that he name. doesn't make the grade. I well, don't fancy commentating on his name. To be fair, every time he touched it, by the time I'd mentioned his name, he played the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So not looking good for us. But with all the action we're talking about, that's just happened now. Uh, rugby league, effectively, now is a... Tw- it's, it's not a year-round sport, isn't it? We're not just playing it in summer. It's going right through. Yeah, it's an all-season sport, isn't it? It is. So you, when, when you think about it, I think the first game that we covered at the start of the season was something like probably about the 10th of January, wasn't it? Yeah. It was around about then, wasn't it? And we're still talking about it as we approach December. The last games of the season are officially these under 16s and 18s games who play against the Community Lions again. So God knows what they're going to do this weekend, to be fair. Um, if you are interested, though, I will say that get yourself over to Pilkington Rex over in St. Helens. Mm. The kickoffs are two and four. You'll see some of the best young Australian talent right, I'm mixing going. it with our boys. I'm going. I, I want to see the young lad you're on about. Thomas the, Weaver. Yeah, he, 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 he sounds like a, a player to look out for. What a player. Watch. And when he does hit the big uh, big time, he's a legend. Anyone who, who's seen these games, you know what, I've seen this lad as a 17-year-old. Uh, well, you know, I don't I don't like to keep mentioning it, but, you know, there's a certain uh, lateral Mitchell who's a bit of a superstar now in the NRL. Yes. Um, I interviewed him when we were 18. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. When he was over with the Aussie school you boys, name dropper. I'm going to name. I'm going to keep dropping that name because he's got dropper. better and better and better, hasn't it? And, and do you know what? I think Thomas Weaver will do exactly the same. Rugby league officially in pre-season. I suppose a big story of the pre-season is Toronto signing Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, it's a huge signing, isn't it? Um, I've got mixed views on it, though, to I be honest. Have, and I have. The, the wage he's getting is tremendous. Oh, I can't blame him. I can't I believe that there's a club over here paying... All right, they're, they're in Canada, but they're in Super League. That's part two and a half million pounds a year. Uh, t- Toronto, Toronto have also made a couple of other interesting signings, though. They signed Singleton from Leeds. Uh, but yes, Sonny Bill Williams. Sonny Bill Williams well, coming to a Super League ground near you. Do you think he'll be effective? Do you think he'll make an impact? I'd like to say... Yes, but I genuinely don't I'm know. I'm just concerned about the fact he's been away from the game for over four years and he's now 33. He's only played something like 160 uh, NRL games. Yeah. Now, I, don't get me wrong. I know there's a number of players that I'd love to have reached to 160 NRL games, but yeah. everybody speaks of him as, as a great and he's not played that many games really, has he, when you look at it? Not at all. So it'd be interesting to see how he set, settles in into life with Toronto and whether... He does make an impact in Super League, but what a statement from Toronto. Yeah, they've also signed their coach up on a new five-year deal as well. Wow, they so intend to stay around, don't they? They do intend to stay around. They're hoping they're not going to go through the trapdoor like the Broncos did then. Mm. Keeping you up to date with everything rugby league, this is the final hooter on Radio General. <laughs> 